I just just want to say that I'm 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 here to be gentle today, to be supportive. Um, you know, maybe I took a shot at you on Twitter before we got on, but but that's in the past, Ben. It's in the past, and it's good to see you today. It's really good to see you as well. I'm looking forward to a very wholesome, very um, in line show today. Um, it's good. It's, I've, I've had a good week uh, this week. I got some num- number of things done with Source Rock. Um, you, you and I have talked about some things offline that I think are pretty exciting. I know that you're working on some things that, uh, well, actually, did, did we talk about the contest that you, I don't know if you actually ended up winning, but did we talk about that this on last like week's show? Oh, okay. Did we talk about that on last week's show? Um, I don't think I don't think we did, but um, no. So, you know, no. so you've got some things happening on your side of the fence that are that are pretty cool. I don't know. It's been a good week. What about you? What's going on in your world? Yeah. So some dude in that contest, I had a contest to win about like fifty thousand leads, and so this dude didn't respond for like three days. He's like, oh well, look look at all these leads I got, or not leads, these appointments I said. It's like, well, hold on, bro, hold on. You can't come like three days later and try to claim the dub here. That's just not that's just not how this game works. So I'm waiting Let's to see. get my leads. Um. I was going to say, so you haven't gotten the leads yet. Have not gotten the Glenn Garys. No, no. I'm trying to think about what to do with them. Still. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in a pickle because if they say, Hey, here are the lead, you know, what kind of leads do you want? You'd be like, oof, oof. I don't know. I don't know. I, um, I did work at a, a group with an agency group um, to do some lead gen prospecting um, for one of the offers that I have um, for some different set of leads. Um, and so they they got a little bit better focus in that area. So um, I've outsourced some of that. Um, but no, it's been an interesting week. I had a, a good prospect call with a potential group. Um, you know, I tell you, it's going to sound kind of kind of corny, but um, I think I put a post on this about LinkedIn. I had this guy. Uh, did I talk about the the mortgage broker banker guy that called me on the podcast? Yep. Okay. Did, did, did have you heard the update? Oh, I apologize. I thought you were going to ask, um, did I see the post? I, the, I think you made a LinkedIn post about it. I don't think you talked about it on the podcast. Okay. So this guy, poor fellow, he calls me and his his script is really bad. And so anyways, um, I gave him just a free coaching session, you know, 15 minutes. And and now he went from couldn't get anyone to talk to him to able to get leads. And it's just kind of frustrating because he can't afford coaching. I'm not mad about that. But, you know, th- this mortgage group hired him and is not is doing no training, none. And it's like, well, what do you, well, what do you think is going to happen with these guys? This guy's like 21 years old. What do you, what do you expect for, for him to do if he's cold calling real estate agents and he doesn't even know the pitch? I don't, I don't understand. I mean, what's the play there? You're just going to, you know, pray and spray and hope that you eventually hire, hire a, a killer who can come in and, and do the work. I mean, cause you've worked for some groups like uh, Cutco and some of those guys. I'm, I'm sure they had extensive training, right? Was it you're, you're muted? I don't know if you're talking or oh, not. But oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, they, they definitely did. Yeah, um, keep going though. I, I don't want to stop you. Well, and so you know, you, you take, and I think it's funny because if you ask someone about cold calling, generally speaking, I think most people would be like, "No, I don't want cold call. It's tough. It's hard." Um, you know, uh, I think we did a cold call role play on here one time, but most people don't want to do it. So you're, and it, and it is hard. It's not easy. It's it's not an easy task. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a grind, right? Cause you're even the best cold callers, um, are going to get told no a lot or hung up on or, or whatever. Um, so I, I don't understand how 
as a company, you can bring in someone, especially in a hot market like it is or it was, we'll see, for the real estate industry, want them to close and not even give them a basic script. Like, how much do you think local mortgage uh, lender would have to pay to get one script written for them? Not that much, right? I, I really don't know, but I mean, yeah, I, I understand your point for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could probably get someone online to write a couple thousand dollars or you can go buy, you can go take a coaching course and get a script that's going to come with it. So it's, it's like, it's the lowest hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. And then you can buy two and you can just have different agents running. I, I don't, I just, I guess I'm wondering, is this how it's always been? You think, or is this part of kind of this post COVID fractional, um, gig economy where companies aren't expecting employees to stay around as long. And so they're not going to train them. I think it's become more surface level and more apparent in a lot of areas because there's started to be pushback against it, but I think it's been pervasive for a very long time. I mean, before you and I were, you know, were born, I don't, or, you know, a long time, you know, I don't think that, <clears throat> I think that by and large in this country, when faced with the op- option of well-trained staff, which comes with higher uh, wages, which comes with better work, but but comes with an additional cost of training, transposed with get people on the floor, get them proficient, and get them working. I think that that model, the proficiency model, has sort of in the American model since like the industrial revolution. Like, again, I don't think this is anything new um, at all. Um, do you not see it that way? Well, I mean, because even, <laughs> even back in the day when we had like, like true apprenticeships, right. So you had a trade and an apprentice, the apprentice, you know, was, I think getting paid enough to like to survive. Right. And like that level of like apprenticeship, if you sort of, bring that into today i think of that as like everyone that is doing anything from like fast food to floor someone you know someone on the floor of home depot to a salesperson like that whole tranche of people is sort of like the same bucket in my mind from from back then if if i was going to draw a parallel does that make sense yeah and so let me be clear here like um i have an offer that I could put out there and say, Hey, hundred percent commission. If you want to close out, you know, these certain deals for some of the clients I'm working for. Right. And I'm okay with, if someone wants to come in and they want to take that opportunity and they want to work as a 1099 and um, you know, they want to go after that, that, that I'm not, I'm not opposed to that, but this is not what I'm talking about. This is actually a, a company who's you know bringing in someone and Lynn, and, and this isn't a sales close. This is actually a mortgage lender. Like something, something is really important. <laughs> you know, you you would think you'd want this person to be skilled and trained and, and thought through. So I can understand like different levels. Maybe the training goes down. But to your point about the about the industrial revolution and McDonald's and whatnot, I'm sure you've read the E Myth, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I think the E Myth is actually more applicable to this conversation that I thought until you said that is if you took the e-myth model and you applied it to sales, you'd probably actually have some really good um, sales teams out there. I think that um, if you, you know, we are in the oil and gas industry. Okay. Um, we've worked in that for years now. If you look at some of the things that are done and look at the people who do them, there is a co- like, like, and I'm not being rude. I'm saying this is just true of any complex industry. 
there are people out there with high school educations, I went to high school education, who are doing things that are like really impressive and are part of this big machine. It's like, oh my gosh. And if this goes wrong, people will die. And they don't. And because they kind of mastered that e-myth, right? And so um, I think in the sales world, we've kind of forgotten that part of the process. Operations is heavy on that, but the sales is trying to figure out how to, you know, roll out some kind of email implementation for sales uh, is not there. And then on the marketing side, which I, I don't do a whole ton of the marketing stuff, um, but on the marketing side, um, it, it feels like there's so many ways to market now that, that, that I would, I'm guessing that's probably true of that part of the industry as well. Yeah. Um, I was going to go on a tangent. I don't. I don't think I want to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take, Usually, your tangents are fun. Usually, take 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 two. Um, yeah. No, that one could have been fun, uh, but uh, but no. So okay. So that was that was sort of a long preamble into into the show because I think that was sort of a, just a, an, an offshoot of you know, what are we up to? Um, what are we talking about this week? Or because or, we, I feel like we left off a conversation last week where we we're going to pick up again this week. But did we, or was that two weeks, two weeks ago? I feel like there was something we we left off like a cliffhanger. Um, but the, the, but the producer on this show didn't, didn't listen to the end of the last one. So. Oh, wow. The shots. Um, the last week's podcast was the worst business advice we've ever received. Yeah. Oh, we talked about something. Um, oh no, that wasn't that the week before. Because because weren't we good? Because weren't we going to talk about? Uh, you know, we were going to follow that up with a conversation about you know um, how to structure work. You know, for free and making sure that you're getting paid. Whole thing. Because we had that conversation already. Yeah, we did. We did. I've thought a lot about that since we talked about it. It's it's, you know, um, I think. Because we left that conversation on Thursday, right? And so I drove down for a meeting uh, on a M&A deal. And the M&A deal is, uh, I can't even count how many digits. It's, it's, it's huge. Very, very, very large deal. Um, and essentially, the owners are wanting to exit, but they probably can't get authorization. I say owners, the managers are wanting to exit. The investors probably won't authorize an M&A advisory firm to do the due diligence and the costs involved. And so the, the ask is, hey, take this huge thing that's, again, this would be hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe a billion, um, and shop it around. And, oh, by the way, we'll cut you a commission check if it closes. <laughs> I mean, if it closed. Yeah, well, I mean, it closed. Like, so, like, how many hours would you spend on that, not counting the insane amount I drove to go, do that and all that like how many more hours would you spend yeah i like i think we talked about that a little bit on the podcast i always have a, sort of a hard time with answering those sort of questions because you know what, what i think about like when you asked that question what i thought about immediately was you know i would i go back to you know sort of my some of my history uh, playing poker and some of that sort of just gut instinct and internal you know motor um to 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 guide myself so there's sometimes where i'll 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 invest, you know, a lot of time in, in one of those total moonshots, but it's because you know, I believe in the team or the thesis or, or there's, you know, 
some other reason, you know, insert here. Uh, but there's a lot of other times where you know, I'll look at those opportunities and, and I won't even pick up the pencil because it's just, I, I think that the, when you, I mean, when you really play the numbers out, I think, and I think that we sometimes, you and I don't do it um, on this show, don't necessarily do as good a job as we could as sort of painting some of the downside of, of the, especially the international business deal, deal space, but just, um, just in general, um, you know, it, it's, it is very common, um, you know, to go four, five, six, nine months, you know, with, maybe not without a closed deal without, but without a closed deal that makes any difference, right? You may close something that's a, you know, maybe a bunt single. Um, but the, you know, the, the, the opportunity cost of, okay, I'm, you know, how much time can I invest in this total moonshot? Because, okay, so if it goes well and it closes, I'm going to make $8 million, um, you know, and, and I'll be, and I'll be set. But if I spend six months and I spend, you know, 80 hours on this over that six months, and it doesn't close, and it never even really became close to closing. You know, is, is that at what point do you just stop taking, picking up those opportunities, right? Because you know, I think it, I think it's also the other side of that is that, and the reason I say it that way of either not doing it at all or like eighty hours is because I don't think you can reasonably like pick something like that up and and get away with providing value, but only spending ten or fifteen or twenty hours. I, mean, I think you're spending dozens of hours. Um, and so I think that's sort of just that internal calculus of, and, and also, uh, before I let you go, you know, the, um, the, the other part of that calculus is, you know, how much, how much do I have in the pipeline that's closing short-term, mid, mid-term, long-term, how much bandwidth do I have to take on something like that? If, you know, if obviously if my plate is totally clean and I'm looking to onboard something and I don't have anything going on, that's going to totally change on the other side. If I've got, you know, a, a lot of things stacked up, you know, that the opportunity cost of that, you know, that calculus has to become much much greater for me to want to uh, engage oh so you want to talk about deal flow on the international side <laughs> <laughs> oh you, you you caught that okay <laughs> okay okay how long we got here um let's see here no i mean i, I think you, you yeah so I, i've had this conversation on several international deals as of late which is Literally, you gave this speech last night on a call. This is all great, but here's the deal. Um, I have these calls a lot, and then I get off the phone, and then I never hear from you again, or I take months to hear from you. I'm not doing that. So I, if you don't if you don't get back to me, then I'm assuming that this is not a real opportunity, and I'm going to move on. If it does if it, if it doesn't work, I'm not you know obviously things don't work. They don't work for whatever reason. But if I don't hear from you within a reasonable amount of time, I'm just going to assume that this is not a real opportunity, and I'm moving forward. Um, I had to tell someone else I'm not spending another minute on this particular project until I get some dedicated, uh, some commitment from these people uh, that are working on it. Um, because you're right. The, the, the opportunity there is, you know, millions of dollars potentially on the table. Um, but you could also lose millions of dollars, just wasting time on other deals that you could, I mean, you could have gotten a gazillion butt singles, right. And, you know, we don't want to hit butt singles all the time, but butt singles are nice. They, you know, they can get you on base and start the process. No, and I also think it's realistic that okay. So let's say that you, let's say that you know that, and and it doesn't work out this way, but just for the sake of this example, let's say that you know that you have the bandwidth to hold, um, to have three longer term, you know, billion dollar plus potential projects on your desk at one time because you have the bandwidth to do that sort of within your within the scope of your work. And let's say that you have 
two that you're working. All right, now that you only have one one spot filled, let's say that you pick one for to be the third, and then the week later you 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 get presented with just this like just home run of a deal. Do you now like pretend that you have the capacity to take on four? Do you then drop one of the three that you that you had currently? Do do you keep the three and just tell the fourth or like you know hey you know full up um, because and it. it that may sound simple, but there have been a lot of times in, in, in my day to day where that decision is, you know, that can be very make or break. And that can, I mean, that can have huge consequences or, or rewards one way or the other. Um, and it, and it's, just, it's not as simple as, oh, yeah, I'll just juggle them all. You, you really do have to make those decisions. And and because we all have a limited network, you can run, you can um, dry your network out by taking them multiple opportunities over and over and over again that don't close. You know, that's a real fear too, which is you keep getting pitched stuff and you take it to them. And so um, I think that's a fantastic point. I don't think you and I talk about that nearly enough. I, I think that you and I speak about that a ton off air. I don't think that we spend enough time on air talking about that, that dynamic. I think that I'm more sensitive to that than some maybe maybe than most uh, and i think you similarly you know, sort of understand that because you know with especially in this market especially if the market that we're in right now i mean there's so much money available there's so much activity that you really you, you have to understand you not on, not only you know what they're looking for in terms of the opportunity but also you know what is it going to take for them what information can you provide or should you or do you need to provide on the front end to get them to engage, to, to let them know that it's a legitimate opportunity and, and give them enough sort of something to sink their teeth into as opposed to, hey, this is just another email, you know, floating in, in the inbox, you know, call me if you want more details. Yeah, well, and that's why I've been, um, I mean, I, I, I think and I don't know if you agree with this or not. I think that the key that I've learned is, is trying to get on both sides of the deal, not on one deal per se, but trying to work some sell side stuff and then trying to work some buy side stuff because that, no, 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 no. What? Yeah. Let's pause there for a second. I'd love to talk about that actually. Cause no, I, I, I at the face of it, I vehemently disagree. I think that, I think that being on buy side or being on sell side is, I think people can like kind of assume that you can do both and it's the same, same skill set. I think it's vastly different, especially for someone that's, that's, you know, getting started. I think you can get to a place where you can do those both effectively, but I don't think that those are the same skill set from, from the advisor or consultant role. No, I don't Not think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I agree with that. I don't think it's for everyone, but, um, but okay. So if you're just starting out, let me say this, if you're just starting out and you're trying to get into stuff, you probably won't know which one you're better at or which one you have more runway room in your network. All right. So kind of trying to take lower ends. What? No, that's what I was going to say. I, I, no, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's largely network driven. I think it's largely, who, you know, who are you, who are you a phone call away from? And, and lar- you know, you're probably not in the place where you're on both sides. Unless you, you know, I, I've seen a, a lot of people that, you know, come from wholesaler relationships or things of that nature and, and you're sort of organically in the middle and so you know it's not as though it can't happen but but it's 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 rare yeah okay and so it, maybe this is a little bit international driven i don't know but you know international stuff so much of that is driven by the local minister or ambassador or president or, or whomever so when you kind of you got to have to kind of build that network out so theoretically right now i'm looking for an oil refinery that produces over 100,000 barrels a day 
maybe more, maybe more than one. Okay, well, the reason I got that opportunity was because I know all these old ministers, uh, these energy ministers and whatnot, right? Okay, now the energy ministers are trying to attract people to their network. Um, so it's kind of weird because they'll say, well, we need these four projects or whatever it is. And so then you go try to find companies to bring them to them. So on that, it's almost kind of, it's, I mean, you're, you're working for, I mean, how would you describe that? But let's put that aside. But what happens then is, is then you get groups that say, well, if you can find these type of projects for me, then we'll capitalize on those, right? So now you're kind of on both sides. And they, they and so on, on that role, there is some difference, but it's about being able to develop out the network. And you got to have, you either got to have access to a lot of companies that want to work internationally, and those are hard to get into, or you got to have a network of a lot of uh, you know people in high places that can make these decisions, and that's hard to get into. Uh, but once you get in, you kind of kind of go back and forth. So, for instance, this group that wants to buy the refinery, I didn't know of any refineries for sale, and I got the call and said, "Hey, would you work with these guys?" Great. So then I started pinging all these different connections, you know, and they wanted some blocks as well. So, so anyways, so hey, this is what we're looking for. Can you? Uh, can you provide that? It's like, oh, well, there's, there's several countries who have come back and said, yes, yes, we actually can help you here. Um, but those countries hadn't mentioned that before because what they've been talking to me about was what, what their stuff was, right? So so by going to the to the the other side of the deal, I was able to actually explore more opportunities than I was aware that was available to me. Does that make sense? Hmm? Yeah. And so I'm talking about working on both sides. That's That's... That's what I'm saying. You can maximize your network and flush it out. Like that's what I'm thinking. Um, it is different roles and responsibilities, though. But but it also doesn't run your network dry because now I can say to certain clients, "Well, if you what are you looking for?" And they tell me, and now I know. Oh, well, there's probably more opportunities than I was aware of because I'm coming at it from a different angle. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah. that's what I was getting at. That makes sense. I think that I think that uh, you may be over oversimplifying your ability or maybe not giving enough credit to your ability to sort of have people in your network that can get, that can provide that, those answers, you know, a phone call away, as opposed to you ha having the, I don't know. No, it's, I, yeah, it's right. tough. I mean, I, I, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so that's my point a minute ago is if you go to these energy ministers or these uh, ambassadors, what is your pitch? Right. Well, Okay, if you go to these international companies that want to work internationally, what's your pitch? Like, it's very hard to start on one side or the other because neither side really wants you. So you got to kind of, you, you have to kind of build out one of the vertical, one of the sides, if you will, and then kind of it quickly pivot to the other side and quickly pick it. And that's kind of how you level level it up. I know it's, I'm, I'm kind of simplifying it, but that's the only way I know, I, don't, I, don't, I know to do it. That makes sense. That, that's all, nothing else. No, yeah. You you the new DeLorean. The what? We talk about the new DeLorean. Yeah, let's go. Have you seen it? Yeah. Are you gonna buy one? I don't know. I'm not sure. What are your thoughts? I I I don't know. What are your thoughts? Would you buy an old DeLorean, like mm. a Back to the Future one? Like if it was in good condition, like maybe? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been like it's been a garage for you know 75 years or how long it's been around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, you know that could be fun, yeah. Although that that movie is a little bit before my time, so I don't really have like a true affinity for for that movie. Um, but what I, are you like Gen Z? What are you like? What what are you? You're a millennial, well, aren't you? 
I don't know. I was born in 88. I was born in 85. It's not like you make it sound like old man river over here. <laughs> Before okay. Okay. But, okay. But, okay. For the sake of, for the sake of the listeners, let's not talk about your movie prowess or lack thereof. Okay. okay. Let's not, let's uh, not have that conversation. No, let's, okay? let's have it. Let's have it. No, let's, let's not. Let's, 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 let's have it. Have you seen Shawshank Redemption? No. Have the entire seen, movie? Have you seen Goodfellas? No. Yes. Have you? Yes. Come on now. Oh, come on thank now. God. Come have on. you seen have you seen Scarface? <laughs> yes, multiple times. All right, good. Uh, have you seen the other guys? Wait, is that the uh, uh Will Ferrell one? Yeah. I'm a peacock, you gotta let me fly, man. Come on. Okay. Wait, um you have Shawshank Redemption. Like that, that's the only thing you no, got. Like that. No, but there, no, the, no, there was a like whole your two list. go-tos. Okay, well, the fact that you haven't seen Citizen Kane is just like, I mean, that's just like, I don't even, I actually don't have words. I, I legitimately don't have words for that. Um, Shawshank Redemption is like, I mean, is it one of those just like, oh, everyone okay. likes okay. it. So okay. I'm going to die on this top, hill. Oh, I, like, the top I, 20 just, real quick. How many of the top 20, this is going to IMDb. How many of the top 20 do you think I've seen? Are we both doing it or just you? Just me. Okay, go ahead. How many do you think I've seen? Pick a number. Set oh, the over under here. Um, 13. Okay. Shawshank Redemption, number one. No. The Godfather, yes. Dark Knight, yes. Godfather Part 2, yes. 12 Angry Men, no. Schindler's List, no. I've seen some of the Lord of the Rings, so I'm account for one of them. I don't know if I've seen all three of them or not. Okay. Pulp Fiction, uh, the Forrest Gump, Fight Club, Inception, Star Wars, The Matrix, Goodfellas, yeah, so what's that? What's about like 16? So there you go. Okay, okay. First of all, you only named like nine movies there. That was like a very, that was I a skipped, very short I skipped, 20. I skipped the ones I haven't seen. Seven Samurai, Seven Fly oh, Over yeah, the hold, Cuckoo's hold, Nest. Hold on, hold on, hold on, folks. Let's just play the tape back. What he just said was he skipped over the ones that he hadn't seen. The whole the whole point of that exercise was to name the ones that he hadn't seen. What's happening here? What's I was trying to count if I got to 13 and 20 or not. Okay, I haven't seen the Shawshank Redemption, 12 Angry Men, Schindler's List. We'll say two of the Lord of the Rings. That's five, okay? Um, are, all th- are all three on the 20? Yeah. Jeez. Um, one Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, seven, and seven samurai. So that's that's eight. Wait, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't get. Maybe I didn't get to thirteen. Whoa, 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 whoa. winner, winner, whoa, winner, fired. winner. Oh, I mean, like that's that's like that's bad, dude. That's just bad. I mean, thirteen out of twenty of the top movies of all time. I mean, I don't, I don't know what has. I've, has, I've has seen all seven win. seasons of Clone Wars. Has Drew been whooping your butt at Madden too often or what? No, although he did beat me last night. So, okay. All right, Ben. When was, that, huh? when, was, when was the last time you outfished him? Okay. Oops. Uh, okay. Blow, blow. Mm, it's expected for you. It's also called for inaccurate, but whatever. Well, I mean, you know. After I told you about the agency stuff this week, I don't blame you. There's so much on this podcast that's left unsaid. Go ahead, say so, it. We've got a few minutes. Go ahead, say it. Go ahead. Part there. of the part part of the art is is leaving it left unsaid. Um, <laughs> no. 
That's gonna... how they have like you know unibombers and stuff, but they don't say it. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Is I'm it one thirty yet? I just want to <laughs> it... be a resource for you. Uh, do you do you realize that this is published on Apple and Spotify and like other? It only it only becomes relevant if you become a Unabomber. Okay, if you don't, then it's good. Can you stop saying the word that word? Can you stop saying that word, please? Like this podcast is going to get flagged. Like what's going on here? What I mean, uh, people came for the business advice and they got Unabomber talk. So sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're not. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> okay, Ben. Any final parting words for our listeners this week? Oh, oh, talk about your um for folks out in Midland. Your uh, not Midland, but Ackerley, the Permian area. You want to talk about your no, your things, my Bob's, your little construction stuff you're doing. Uh, yeah, my thing, my Bob's. Um, that's not what we're calling them though. So for the, those that are actually interested, um, Source Rock <laughs> is building some contractor garages out on. Uh, property out in Ackerley, Texas. We are at, uh, we're on 87, right at FM 2002. Would love to talk to any folks listening that may have an interest in renting out some space. We're uh, building out 120 foot by 40 foot buildings that can be customized in any any number of different ways on the inside. Um, And and they come with uh, a fenced in yard space and uh, security and and the whole nine yards. So we'd love to uh, talk to folks that are interested in that. And, um, I know that Ryan, now that I've said that on air, is is going to make some money when somebody calls me off this podcast when they ask me for garages. And so, Ryan, well played. Uh, that was not that was not unnoticed. Um, Here's but- what you do: just be sure to tell Ben you did not hear this on bringing the closers. Just say that. Just say you did not hear this on bringing the closers. That way, Ben will will know not to pay me. No one listens to this podcast, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're safe. It's okay. <laughs> okay. I have a few executive coaching spots that are still open. If you want to find me, just reply to the email in which this comes out. What? 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 Wait, wait what? what's happening? What? What's going on? There's executive coaching services. What's happening? Just, oh, I just sometimes I feel like we don't talk. I know we don't talk because you know you like you for those listening we used to like Ryan and I have known each other for like a while we became really good friends somewhat quickly we used to talk like I feel like it was like multiple times a day but at minimum a daily basis but like most of the time I'd say 90% of the time Ryan like would answer my phone calls um these days that percentage is like it's closer to nine percent it's below Um, the Mendoza line for sure Oh, it's aggressively below the Mendoza line. Oh, yeah, no, we we like we're looking up at the Mendoza line, and be like, oh, that was that was nice when we were up there. Um, so you know, get you a friend that ignores all your phone calls, and then fire fire shots at you for thirty minutes on a Thursday. Get you a friend that encourages you to start a business that you can reject doing it with them, but then they don't get mad at you when you do it without them. That's my advice to you, people. Okay, this is bringing the closers, season three, episode whatever. Uh, you can find this at the Five Wide Business Newsletter by going to www.fivewide.biz. Ben, where do you want? What's wrong? But are you okay? Uh, where do you want people to go to find you that might call you and might answer your phone calls? Go to fivewide.biz. I'll be over there. That's, that's, <laughs> that's good enough. 
Unbelievable. <laughs> okay. So if you reference this podcast, you will get a 20% off discount for the executive coaching program. And with that, we'll be back next week.